2: from KQED.
0: Good morning, this is the California Report and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In response to a soaring number of new COVID-19 cases driven by the Omicron variant, Governor Gavin Newsom has activated the National Guard to help bolster testing capacity. According to Newsom's office, more than 200 members of the Guard have been deployed to 50 testing sites across the state where they'll be used as short-term clinical staff until additional permanent staff are hired. With the increased demand And for testing, many people have been waiting hours in line to get a COVID test. That's also led to a major backlog in getting results from labs. And testing sites are also dealing with staff who've gotten sick. Records are being broken daily here in Los Angeles County, which just saw its highest number of recorded COVID cases in a week since the start of the pandemic. That includes more than 45,000 new cases reported on Sunday. Statewide, some hospitals are buckling under the pressure of Omicron. As the highly contagious variant continues to sweep through the state, a growing number of hospital staffers are testing positive. KPCC's Jackie Fortier reports that hospitals L.A. County, are calling on the state to send the National Guard and other help.
3: Omicron's ability to cause mild infections among vaccinated hospital staff is causing a crisis in L.A.'s hospitals.
4: As of today, I have 37 staff out with COVID.
3: That's Kevin Metcalf. He's the CEO at Memorial Hospital of Gardena.
4: I've got a couple hundred nurses, but that's a significant piece. And I mean, 11 in the last 24 hours have tested positive and they're getting it outside. It's coming from the community.
3: As L.A. County cases have surged to daily counts higher than any other time during the pandemic, cases among hospital staff are also climbing. Nancy Blake, the chief nursing officer at L.A. County USC Medical Center, says each nurse who tests positive will be out for at least a week, creating a snowball effect.
2: I think we had 127 of our staff come back testing positive. So that's pretty significant. A large number of them were nurses, but we had respiratory therapists out. We had radiology staff out. So every area moves a little bit slower.
3: The number of L.A. County health workers testing positive for COVID-19 began to surge in December.
2: Because of the holidays, a lot of people got together with friends and family, more so than last year. And then someone came down with it, and then someone came down with it. And we know Omicron is highly transmissible.
3: In California, more than one in five COVID tests are positive. To curb new infections, state health officials extended California's indoor mask mandate by another month. L.A. County health officials went further, requiring employers to provide medical-grade masks to employees by mid-January. But these efforts may come too late for L.A. hospitals, where Blake says she's having a hard time filling shifts.
2: We're consolidating nursing staff and using overtime and administrative nurses to fill the void.
3: The sheer number of sick staff prompted all four of the L.A. County-run hospitals to ask the state for help. Blake is hoping for travel nurses or military medics from the National Guard and Army that she can assign to the emergency room to fill the staffing gaps.
2: What would help us is somewhere around 40 to 50. You know, we're a 24-7 service, and most of them work 12-hour shifts.
3: The next step would be postponing elective surgeries, like knee replacements. Blake says that could happen any day at L.A. County USC Medical Center. Smaller facilities, like Memorial Hospital of Gardena, have already stopped, says CEO Kevin Metcalf.
4: I today had to cancel elective surgeries so that I could access the National Guard through the California Department of Public Health. That's the only way that they'll allow us to do it is if we cancel elective cases and then move those staff into patient care settings.
3: L.A. emergency rooms are also being inundated with frustrated, otherwise healthy people looking for a rapid COVID test. Federal law requires everyone who comes into the ER to be triaged and screened, taking up time and valuable tests, Metcalf said.
4: The problem with that is it uses up quickly all of our rapid tests that we need for our patients being admitted.
3: California health officials say they've brought in more than 1,800 out-of-state health workers and are trying to hire even more as the Omicron surge is expected to peak at the end of January. For hospitals in L.A., the help can't come soon enough. For The California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles
0: over the weekend los angeles unified teachers and students lined up at schools across la to get a COVID test they're trying to beat a deadline to get a now required test before school starts tomorrow in the country's second largest school district with more here's kcrw's kaylee wells who went to one of the testing sites
5: lausd decided to require that all students teachers and school staffers submit baseline COVID tests before the new semester begins on tuesday Turns out that was a good idea. More than 18,000 students and staff members have tested positive in the past week. Those are the infections that might have otherwise made it into schools.
6: This is better, but if they wasn't doing this, he wasn't going to go back on Tuesday.
5: Latasha Warren was glad the district added the testing requirement after a student in her son's class tested positive last month. She took her sixth grader Makai to multiple LAUSD testing locations near Leimert Park to try and beat the rush.
6: Audubon has a long line. Been a long line every day.
5: Just over 7% of those tests have come back positive, much lower than L.A. County's overall positivity rate, which has been hovering up above 20%. For the California Report, I'm Kaylee Wells in Los Angeles.
0: And the LA Unified is postponing all athletic competitions that were scheduled for this week because of the surge in COVID cases. Student athletes and band members will still be allowed to practice outside as long as they wear masks. In a statement, the school district said it will continue to monitor the increase in cases and reevaluate the situation later this week to determine when athletic competitions will be able to resume. Meanwhile, San Diego Unified School District says it will not require students to get a COVID-19 vaccine before they can participate in sports and other extracurricular activities. That's according to the San Diego Union-Tribune. This is part of a larger court fight over the district's efforts to require COVID vaccines for students who are 16 and older and staff. That's been struck down by a judge who says the district will need to obtain a stay from an appeals court in order to impose a student vaccine mandate. Health officials in Sacramento County are requiring all public board meetings to be held virtually now due to the rapid spike in COVID-19 cases. Here's County Health Officer Dr. Olivia Casirier.
3: We issued a new uh, health officer order suspending in-person public meetings. We are also encouraging other entities that are not covered by this order to consider having their meetings internally, uh, uh, virtually and also take other measures to protect employees.
0: The new health order covers city council, commission, and school board meetings that would normally be held in Sacramento County. The state legislature operates independently and has not said whether it will operate remotely. Just last week, several lawmakers may have been exposed to the virus after someone tested positive after attending a going-away party for former Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez.
1: In
0: an era of mounting student debts, a community college in Stockton is offering a little bit of help. Administrators at San Joaquin Delta College have announced that COVID-19 relief dollars will be used to erase more than three and a half million dollars of student debt there. KQED's Alice Wolfley has more.
6: The debt forgiveness applies to money owed directly to Delta College, like tuition, library fines, and athletic fees. The announcement comes after a recent survey found more than 60% of the college's students were struggling to pay for basic needs like food and rent. Dr. Lisa Aguilera-Lawrenson is president of Delta College. She says enrollment has declined during the pandemic, and the college is doing what it can to help students continue their education.
3: We want to remove any type of barriers that's possible. You know, for a student, a debt that's owed to the college, they may just say, "Okay, I owe this money, I'm not going to be able to return at this time. So we want to take that obstacle away.
6: This debt forgiveness covers all student debt owed to the college. Around 4,500 current and former students will have any outstanding balance removed from their records automatically. Dr. Lawrenson says students are very happy about the decision.
3: We've overwhelmingly received lots of positive feedback from students who are saying that this is a huge relief.
6: The administration expects to have the debt erased in time for students to begin spring semester classes on January 17th. For The California Report, I'm Alice Wolfley.
0: And another kind of COVID assistance. For months, the state of California has been working to help renters hurt by the pandemic. Now it's launching a program to assist homeowners. KPCC reporter David Wagner has the details.
2: The Mortgage Relief Program will offer grants of up to $80,000 for low- to moderate-income homeowners who've fallen behind on their payments. The state is now accepting online applications from households that lost income or saw costs rise as a result of the pandemic. Congresswoman Maxine Waters says the program will help prevent the kinds of foreclosures that hit communities of color hard during the Great Recession.
6: Millions lost their homes, disproportionately draining the wealth of Black
0: and Latinx communities and further widening the racial wealth gap. Unfortunately, we have found ourselves in a similar situation.
2: State officials say the program's $1 billion in federal funding will be enough to help up to 40,000 households but the need could be much greater. Census data shows about 230,000 households just in the LA area are currently behind on their mortgages. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles.
0: When Governor Gavin Newsom releases his new state budget today, it'll include $2.7 billion to expand the state's COVID-19 response. As KQED politics editor Scott Schaefer reports, state coffers are overflowing. On the heels of last year's record-breaking budget, California is poised for another budget surplus this year, at least $31 billion. Strong revenue from income taxes on the wealthy and corporate taxes will offer plenty of spending options. The January budget is a first draft of a state spending plan based on a best guess of how much money California will have when the new budget is passed this summer. By law, schools get the biggest share of the budget, but many expect much of the surplus to be used for one-time expenses, like infrastructure, public transit, and climate change-related projects, and possibly tax reductions targeted at lower-income Californians. For The California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. In the Sierra foothills, thousands of Pacific gas and electric customers are still without power two weeks after a powerful storm caused the lights to go out. According to the Sacramento Bee, more than 3,000 customers are still in the dark in Nevada, El Dorado, Placer, and Sierra counties. PG&E did say previously that affected customers should have their power restored by tomorrow, but it's unclear if the utility will be able to meet that goal. The company has opened several Several community resource centers for those who've been impacted by the outage, where residents can charge electronic devices and get essential supplies. And the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association is considering a marine sanctuary designation for a 7,000 square mile area along the coast of Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo counties. The Northern Chumash Tribal Council proposed the project after decades of pushing for federal protections. It would be the first indigenous-led sanctuary and the Tribal Council would co-manage the conservation area called the Chumash Heritage National Marine Sanctuary. The designation would protect the area from oil drilling and mining and provide a safe haven for endangered species. Fishing businesses are worried about the economic impact, but marine biologist Don Murray says the plan would not ban fishing or recreational use in the area
2: sanctuaries are really an ecosystem-based approach to protecting our coastline and the cultural resources and the natural resources that we have.
0: Murray is one of 150 scientists from across California who support the sanctuary designation. And that is the California Report for today, Monday, January 10th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening and have a good day.
6: Support for the California Report comes from the California Healthcare Foundation, working to build a more effective, compassionate, and just health care system on the web at chcf.org health-equity. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. And Hint! Fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant diverse golden state because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California That's right, a dollar and 99 cents. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy
0: reading!